What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the A Show with the Kings Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin here with Meals. Two ninety nine. <laughs> almost weeks. You almost what? Almost three hundred weeks. Almost three hundred weeks. Listen, three hundred weeks at number one. By the way, number one, the real number one wrestling podcast. Forget what the numbers actually say. You know what I'm saying? Been like been there before. Yeah, yeah. Forget what the numbers actually say. Forget who what washed up wrestler just came up with a podcast two weeks ago. Like we're the number ones. We've been doing this more consistently. We're better than everybody else. Like Is that how you starting the show? I mean, 299 weeks kind of speaks for it. What am I supposed to say? You know what I'm saying? How many others have done the same thing? How many others have gone through 299 weeks? I don't know. Maybe I've been watching too much uh, clips of making the band too on TikTok. Um, (laughs) Have sent me your fair share of making the band clips in the past week for sure. (laughs) That show. Listen, we're all we're all definitely clamoring for it to come on streaming, but I feel like that show is probably going to expose how <laughs> like it doesn't age well in 2023 of like first of all, nigga Damon. And then also just <laughs> and then just also how the 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 music industry was. Like the the like you said, I mean, we share it the the three points thing. They're sitting down with their lawyer, who, by the way, is the executive producer of the show and also represents Diddy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he was like, all right, you guys, here's the share of what you guys profits will receive on this album. There are 100 points for each album. You guys, all six of you will collectively get three. (laughs) I think even crazier than that is how chaotic the editing was in that show. Like they would be here, there, everywhere. Like that's that's really not how things work in real life. No, no. They they spilled a drink on Sarah and like no one came to her aid and like as she again fights a chopper and be- it's a whole thing. Like definitely it's it's invaded my TikTok algorithm. I'm not mad at it. I like seeing it in short doses rather than seeing the whole thing. Um with that said, we should probably introduce our guests because we're not alone on this episode. No, um, he may be coming in via car with the way they honking outside. Um, we have a guest this episode. He is the 2023 Royal Rumble Pool, one of the Royal Rumble Pool winners. Man, he is. A, are you? Are you? Can I? Can I bet on you on Fanduel yet? Oh, am I even supposed to say that? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. We have cash out Sid Jones here. What's up, Sid? What's going on, guys? No, you cannot bet on me, but we're just going <laughs> to act like that didn't happen. <laughs> After what's been going on in the big league of just all these. I just don't get how like you want to bet on yourself when you know in your contract, most likely you get a winning purse like for just winning. So it's like, why even bet on yourself for more money? That's greedy. It's greedy. It's it's filthy. It's nasty. Leave it up to the degenerates like me and the rest of us. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but with that said, welcome to the show, man. Which Royal Rumble pool winner got? Which Royal Rumble winner got you here? First of all, Come I on, forget man. every time. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Wow. <laughs> it was Should funny we? too. Because when it happened, I literally knew it was I was winning. When he came out at 30, I said yes. Because last year I got screwed with Bianca and, you know, Ronda came out. 
So this year, I was like, it's only right. Should Justin, should we have reneged it if he if they did not win <laughs> at <Yeah>. WrestleMania? <laughs> Had a, had a Cody Claus. Wow. <laughs> we, we gotta do a, I, I feel like in the pool, we got to do like, we, we should call it the Cody Claus. And it's like when it is a character that is coming out that you know is going to win, we're going to give runner up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's got to be red. Like, come on. Like when Cody came on at 30, it was like, oh, yeah, yep, yep. And it was just Gunther left. I was like, yep, yep. <laughs> It's over. It's like, it's over. It is, but you know what? Shout out to you. You outlasted all the other folks. You won. Who was number 30 in the women's one? Let me check. Could you have won that as well? I mean, it, it's it's a very Nia real Jack. chance. I wasn't winning. It was Nia Jax. I wasn't winning. Oh, right. <laughs> I wasn't winning. We were, Remember we were mad for all those like eight minutes of like, damn, she's actually back. <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> She she botched the they botched her coming out like the clock didn't even end and she came out. They was like get her out of here. Come on, let's let's uh, let's figure this out. Let's get her out of here. Um, with that said, it's great to have you here, Sid. Not your first time, but you know, not your last time either. Maybe um, if you play your cards right. But um, long time long supporter of the show, also. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, I was an undergrad. I've I've gotten through undergrad and grad school. But what's the what's the last year of your life been like, if you had to say? Like yeah, how would you describe the last year? Crazy. <laughs> Just you know, grad school. Now it's like um as I'm looking at jobs in my field of, you know, just undergrad and grad school stuff, it's like I might have to leave, you know, my state. So it's also that. Um the football thing is going, keeps going. I just, you know, just trying to elevate that as well. And then I ended up in a relationship. So now it's like, wow, my life is really somewhat getting together. It's pretty cool. But it ain't the A. Hey, your life ain't together. But you- <laughs> it's not, but it's, <laughs> I'm trying to piece it as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, WWE hasn't approached you yet with the NIL shit yet. It has, they nah, haven't. I'm, I'm, I'm out of that. I'm not in college no more. I gotta get get out the mud if I want to. (laughs) I I was so it would have been so easy when I was in college. I would have applied and was like just hope for the best. But now it's like I really gotta go through everything if I wanted to do it. Yeah, we're not doing that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What's been going on? What's been going on with everything? I I I felt like I had a question that I wanted to ask at the beginning of this and completely forgot. But I'm trying to figure out what's been going on in the world. What what can we talk about? That's like, I mean, threads. I mean, threads was oh, yeah. literally just popping off before we, or it launched after we recorded last week, and uh, we we had talked a little bit about you know because we talked about spill, talked about spill <laughs> last week. I've not logged in since, <laughs> and and it's been seven days later. And we had, listen, the the social media landscape has has like changed within days, like literally within days. Well, where we have two apps now, or now we have completely replaced one. I feel like certain people who like was still using like Bebo and Black Planet, they're still on Spill, but everybody else moved to Threads. People who are stubborn are still using Spill. People who like they're the same people who like they're like we're using titles to support Black business. You know what I'm saying? Like those are the kind of people who are using Spill still. Um, 
mind you, I don't even think Jay Z owns fucking title anymore. Um, but yeah, nah. I mean, it's definitely changed. Threads is a. I don't know if it's going to be something that I need, but it's not bad the way it's kind of like set up. It needs to be different. I think it needs to be very, very different from what um, what Twitter is. And I think that there's a confusion of like people don't know that they're on Instagram yet you know, or Instagram still rather. Right. And I think that you have to really be dialed in because like people are forgetting that their family members follow them on this on this app. You know what I mean? They're, they're just saying whatever the fuck they want to do on here, not rem- remembering that it's still Instagram. It's just literally your Instagram account unless you started it from scratch, right? So um, I, I think that the the main thing that we have to remember is that like it's not going to replace Twitter because that's where all the memories are, right? It's going to live next to Twitter, but I don't think it can overtake or replace Twitter. Sid, have you used it yet? I have not even touched threads. Like, I I just find it kind of like it's another Twitter. There's nothing that really seems like it's going to do anything to really sway me unless, you know, I use it as a business opportunity for something. But at the moment, I just don't see myself using it for right now. I feel like it's less chaotic than Twitter if you needed that in your life. Like it, it, it legitimately like in terms of like look and feel, it runs smoother than Twitter. There's less kind of like a bunch of things attacking you all at once, like lists and stories and communities and spaces and all these other things that are now happen because Twitter is this platform that's existed for like 15 years. So it's a lot less like chaotic, a lot less stressful, but also, yeah, I, I, I refresh it and I'm like, I don't know if I need to be interacting <laughs> on this every day at this point <laughs> um looks good but yeah i don't really know if i need it anymore but the yeah the landscape has changed it's shifted there's about a they said like 150 million people went to um threads which is already like almost a third a little bit over a third of twitter's actual user base so you'll see how this thing um and it's easy they said to- it was like the fastest app to get to like a million wasn't it or something? yeah 100 million yeah, it, it was the fastest app. And again, it's because you have that built-in install base. You have that built-in user base where all you had to do was literally just grab the other app. Like, I think that they did a really great job of the actual literacy behind it, where it's like people were confused how to get the app. You could pre-order the app. They were sending you notifications about that the app was available. People got a lot of things dropped into their ads, like on when they scroll through Instagram. Like it was just so much easier to actually find the app than any other app that I've ever seen in my life. Um, and you know, you already have people that use Instagram, so I, I foresee it reaching. Honestly, I foresee it reaching Twitter levels in like nine months. I, I could see that happening. I, I think by that time, they'll have kind of worked out what they want to do with it. And I think really, Threads should be a creator-based platform. It should, it should really just be that. Yeah, I yeah, I think it should be. I mean, I don't know. I guess yeah, it should be. It should be. If if that can be where it kind of like lies, I'm perfectly fine with that. But yeah, as of right now, I'm like okay, I just check it from now and then. But once once you refresh it, all of the um, all the pages from all the actual like companies and stuff shows up, which makes it a little less nice. Um. <laughs> Well, that's never going to go away. So, 
<laughs> yeah, nah, it's it's never not gonna go away. But yeah, it's just I I don't know. I don't really have any. I don't want to engage too much. Um, let's see what else has happened out here in this world. I mean, I don't know. Do you want to? Do we want to kind of like talk about things that are happening in the wrestling world? Yeah, because you got to talk about your MSG experience and. Oh, that. that's right. Yeah, nah, for sure. Um, shout uh, to WWE. Yeah, I mean, I could do it on this damn wrestling. <laughs> Somebody said, "Fuck no." <laughs> <laughs> We're literally like off the cuff for two ninety nine. Listen, three hundred. It's gonna be beautiful, but two ninety nine. I mean, you know it's the ten year anniversary of the Performance Center. I did. I did see that this morning. Ooh, that's performance center okay that is the thing look at that i have, I have been to the performance center that uh, was my lasting memory of how many times i haven't been but how many times you have gone i've been like three <laughs> times uh amazing place to go to but i want to i want to really ask you guys like about the legacy or, or talk about the legacy rather of the performance center 10 years ago it was something that was kind of unheard of and and unfathomable at the time people looked at it like oh this is a new ovw oh they're going to be you know teaching people wwe style what is this shit going to be uh and and you just saw the personnel behind it that being triple h and, and, and regal and uh tensai <laughs> and all those other people that were behind it and I mean, what what could you say about the legacy of the Performance Center now that it, it is opening its doors to not only prospective wrestlers from the indie scene, but also athletes in the NIL program? Yeah, talk about it, Sid. What's the what's the what's the benefit of having an amazing Performance Center to prepare in? Oh, um, well, in terms of, you know football, from my side, it's like a Performance Center where you can have you know everything and anything is is. It's, it basically becomes almost like your home. So, you know, when you have a top-of-the-line weight room, facilities, nutrition, physical therapy, all that stuff is going to make you want to be in there longer than, you know, you expect to, you know. When I was in college, it was just like, I'm going to the weight room. But I'll just go in here and talk to a trainer for no reason. Like, I don't even really got anything wrong with me. I'm just going to go in here and talk and ask questions and things of that matter. So stuff like that is really helpful and you could look from 10 years ago to now for WWE. It's like, we don't, we probably don't get this, what we're seeing now without that PC. Um, no more. It wasn't no OVWs, no more of that. It's just like, we're going to take you here and not even teach you the WWE way. Just get you trained to, you know, understand what we're doing. Like it's a show. It's an art form basically. So, we have all these people here, all these rings, weight room, all these different facilities to help you get better. You know, they've come out with NXT and just things like that. And then we even got specials from it. Uh, I really want them to bring back the PC combine that they did a couple of years ago when like Bianca and Raquel and all of them were down there. I think that would be a great, especially with all these now, you know, you got Braun Breaker and um, Carmelo and things like that and all these different athletes now where it's not just you know indie stars doing it you've got these NIL athletes and everybody just coming in and doing it so I think that would just be dope but the PC has definitely you know helped the brand of WWE become better as a product and I think you know we're we're they're kind of this is like a start I feel like in the next 15 years 
or so, there will be more PCs, you know, across the United States, probably across the world. I know that there was one in UK. So I think outside of Florida, you might get one in like New York or like LA or so, or like Texas. And so things of that matter, just, you know, to make it easier for these people and, you know, and just grow. Simple as that. Yeah, I, I think when, when you look at something like like the PC and the legacy of it, it not only cultivated new talent and, and taught them how to work, like Sid said, but it also gave them a base where they could start building their own shows at home. I mean, obviously people, you know, the PC was immeasurable and how useful it was during the COVID era. And I think that it, we would not have wrestling on TV. Let's just be clear <laughs> without the PC being there, w- w- without that access to, to what they had and the facilities that they had. I've been in there. That big ass room could fit like 10 rings, like literal 10, 10 WWE rings could fit in that fucking big ass room. And they managed to make it look like it was a, a TV studio. And I think that the, the, um, how how mutable it is and 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 kind of like uh flexible it is to to kind of create whatever you want in in that space what was awesome like when i went there for a uh went there for the 2k thing a couple years ago um they had the street profits uh versus some jobbers and they came out with the same entrance and they had like they probably are like actual people now (laughs) and you just don't remember them (laughs) I don't think they are. No, no, dead ass. I don't think they are. I, they were they were trainees. Um, they, they oh, didn't okay. Have um, they didn't have an entrance, but the street profits did. So like they came it out. Wasn't like L.A. Night or some shit like that. No. Nah, Old he was Time Imperium. <laughs> L.A. Night is it? That nigga is is is. He was there during the King assassination. Nigga, like. <laughs> <laughs> That nigga's been everywhere, yo. Like, who, who thought he was at a, on a Triple H workout DVD? Nigga? They never hired him. Like, what? I had just the opportunity just to be close to him, you know, pick his brain. I'm like, nigga, you doing setups like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, in terms of, of of just what they've given the talent and and how immeasurable that was for WWE's production has been amazing. And and I talked about this earlier in our chat. We were talking about um about ratings and we we're talking about just the the cost of shows. NXT is is probably relatively a, a cheap ask for nbc universal because of the pc because of where they shoot out of every single week because it's literally just have to set it up and and set it and forget it you know what i mean like they have that there on call at all times and it's been it was probably a huge loss leader for wwe for for a while probably still is in some ways but i think in terms of how they structure their tv deals it is a gainer it's an earner because it allows them to get more money for things so like again that one little warehouse that could has created so many opportunities yeah, but and I also think, you know, it's the investment in themselves, right? Like ultimately as much as it costs, which it costs a lot. I remember I remember when it first opened and they had all those articles and they brought all those reporters and journalists and stuff to like cover it and they're like ultimately what Triple H said back in the day when he had that weird haircut. He was like, this is an investment in our future at the end of the day. The state-of-the-art facility is an investment that we create these stars. We can create them from scratch. We can um, train them to, for the WWE way. Like previously, they had essentially used Florida Championship Wrestling. They used OVW and Deep South Wrestling. And they didn't really want to go through that anymore. It was WWE essentially saying, like, we're going to handle this in-house. We're not going to lease out, like, have to deal with pretty much how it used to be um anymore and kind of like with these sweaty dirty warehouses that use and we're gonna actually treat these stars like they're actual like they're actual athletes 
and the 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 photos have become pretty much like time capsules of the era like that first initial nxt class you go down to all the nxt classes with bianca you go to the ones with otis you can see the ones with fucking Braun breaker carmelo hayes you can see the ones with um alistair black and they just had one that posted today that i thought was so interesting um because there's like only one person left but um i forgot but you know yeah nah, the the pc listen they've between doing that the halftime heat thing which i thought was incredible really good. um the 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 shows and everything like that like yeah this is this is like the 10 years performance center 10 years of nxt 10 years of like kind of what wwe is now moving forward and uh i would love to go to the pc at some point maybe justin will take me someday i don't would know go? i mean would you go if i was be like yo meals we going to the pc let's let's we let's... going to the pc like straight up like we're going to the pc yeah if i okay. if i get to the pc would you go yeah sure and no not sure or yes yes i will okay. go all right okay. <laughs> let me know um, I'm, trying to do a, I'm trying to do a 450 in front of h real quick <laughs> Boy, they're about to have your ass doing spear drills, eh? I'll do that too, but I gotta let them know I got one. I got one in me every six months, so that'll be one. And then six months later, I got another one. <laughs> oh shit! Um, listen, that's been amazing. Um, we might have to talk about. It. Do we want to talk about it during the the, the kind of like recap of the shows? Because this LA night thing is definitely a thing. Like uh, the LA. It, Let's talk about that during the shows because the LA Night thing was something we brought up during Why You Mad last week. And thank you guys for, for listening to uh, the show last week, especially our Patreon segment where we went an hour on our top 10 wrestlers of the year so far. What did you think about that segment, Sid? I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I understood why Mills didn't put women in there. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it sometimes because you know you could make your own separate list with it. So. That's but, crazy to say. No, <laughs> but I no also way. got J Five side of like having I, Becky. I love Bianca. how that's the like lasting point of it. I understand <laughs> why he didn't include women because, yeah, I Go get off. it. Um, and then you know I also get you know having AEW guys. Uh, I did when it came to MJF when you were talking about him. I was like, in my head, I was like, is it just? MJF's issue is not that he's a bad wrestler, but are his matches overbooked? And is he, um, you know, his promo, we know the issues with the promos, low-hanging fruit, but I was like, is it the issue of, you know, his his matches being overbooked with so many tropes that it kind of makes it hard to really enjoy his wrestling? I think I think there's an element of, of that that is true, but I also feel like with MJF, you're also not getting overbookedness in that way on that program i think that it's very old school and i think that's why the crowd has a visceral reaction to it other than 25 kickouts you know what i mean like the booking for like a kenny or a bucks or any of those other guys matches is the amount of kickouts and and ways they can drop somebody on their head mjf is more about how he's going to win and slip by and uh and, and get away with it and i and i think that that's why i said like yo he's never really had like a a bad match this year even if you haven't liked them they haven't been like a mock smash. And that's where I was trying to kind of coming from. Okay. Yeah. Cause that was my thing. I just thought like with the Adam Cole thing, I was like, 
you've done all this. What can y'all even do in the next match now that you've done like everything? And, and this is just for a draw. Yeah, of course they'll figure it out. But like, it was just so. And I, I, I have a prediction on what might happen, but we'll see. Oh, nothing. But, they're, they're gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna put. Uh, he's gonna put some uh, pre workout in Adam Cole's mouth, or or. or <laughs> And then he's gonna pin him. I mean, that's that's what it's gonna be. I had a feeling Roddy might get involved, but maybe I'm. Ooh, okay, that'll be interesting. I hope not, but <laughs> yeah, Roddy... I know, but it just it might like uh, we'll see. Who you know what I wanted? To, you know what I wanted to ask, and we can kind of get into this. So it's been a month of collision thus far. We've reached. Thank you, outside. Um, we it's been a month of collision thus far, or prick. <laughs> Two of those episodes have been taped, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> okay, sure. I wanted to get everyone's kind of like temperature on like, all right, we've seen Collision. We've kind of seen their direction thus far. Is it truly like an alternative? How do we kind of like feel about it? Kind of what have you have seen? If you've seen anything like Collision, you know, they talked about, I think um, Tony Initial said like it wasn't going to be a hard roster split, but to be honest with you, it looks very hard. <laughs> Like outside of a few appearances from MJF and like a couple ones, you know, who have appeared on show, maybe like Tony Storm or something along those lines, you haven't really seen much like integration between both shows. Um, so I'd get like to get you guys' take on like how do you feel like Collision thus far? You know, started off pretty strong, fell off pretty hard, seemingly bouncing back with a big main event last week. What what's um, the what's the bounce back though, Emil? The bounce back it is bounced the, up from it bounced up. From, it didn't lose to Rampage. That's the bounce back. The yeah. five eighty is a is a bounce back. Here, it, it's gonna thing. have to be. It's Saturday. <laughs> here's my thing. Here's my thing. One week it was terrible. Then they do the same numbers again the next week, and it's it's high. This this good. We we straight. Five hundred k is five hundred k, bro. That's that's. I'm not even looking at demo here, bro. Like. That's a demo of 500,000 people. That's a demographic of 500,000 people. That does not mean that they've grown any audience at all. That just means people tuned in that weekend because it wasn't July 4th weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like, that. that's just what it looked like to me. And it wasn't taped. That's what it looked like to me. I think that in the month that it's been on, Collision has has accurately created it. Here's my, and, and I said this a couple, what, a month ago, and I said, they have successfully split their own audience twice. They've got an audience that likes the dynamite stuff, and they got an audience that likes the punk stuff on Collision. That's why people were saying it was it was regaining, restoring the feeling. That was that was what they say, right? It's restoring the feeling. It's restoring the feeling of splitting and segmenting your art your your audience again. So they've segmented their audience back down to five hundred k, four hundred k, whatever it is. And the, I think the quality of the show is notwithstanding. I think in ring, as I've always said, has never been AEW's problem. It has never been their problem. But getting people to give a fuck is the problem. There's a reason why SmackDown does so much and their their shows with just wrestling do do nothing for real because it's not all about that. I feel like, I, I mean, I've generally looked at the direction of Collision thus far. I think it is. It is a little bit of a breath of fresh air seeing a show centered around new phases um, because Dynamite is heavily leaning towards elite and elite related people um fans or things and then you'll see the like the the orange cassidy and stuff like that so it is actually refreshing seeing them focus on different people but you're still not really getting the development that you would like out of these kind of talent you'd still not getting the you're still it's essentially dynamite happening on rampage with different people and i think 
I don't know if they have any intention on making it feel different other than like paying for an expensive set every week. Um, but I think what they need to do is I like the fact that, you know what I like? I like the fact that um, House of Black is prominently featured on the show. I like the fact that CM Punk, who kind of like gets it in terms of an actual pro wrestler, is featured heavily on the show. But then I also like that they've been doing these things with like Ricky Starks over the last number of weeks. And now they had this face turn for Hobbs for whatever fucking reason. Um, and a couple other things on the show. I, f- I like that it's not featuring. I think that's the only thing that people people like that it's not heavily leaning towards the elite. That's kind of like the basis. That's the selling point of Collision to wrestling fans. Now, that's is it bad. a selling point as a TV show? No, it's not. <laughs> that, that, yo, Mills, that's bad. If your selling point is that, well, the people you don't like are on Wednesdays. That's not like I said. I'm I'm pretty sure like 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 when. There, but I don't think it's. I don't think it needs to be like you don't have to like them. I think you can just be exhausted the- with the. You can be exhausted with how much you see them versus how you see everybody else listen to what you're saying like you're, you're saying you're saying that this company that is trying to get you to buy into every one of their roster members has, is, is aware that you're tired of them but won't change course so they made a whole nother show to appease one person that's I mean, that good i mean it it definitely is that point um but I don't know. There is something there is something very like easy watching about this show. Whereas I there is a lot of frustration with dynamite that I don't get out of collision. And maybe it's because I have no expectations for collision at all. <laughs> um maybe it's because of that. But the the frustration that you see with dynamite when they have like like tomorrow we're getting or tonight, depending on when you listen to this, Chris Jericho versus Commander and some other oh blood and guts so blood and guts is happening this week or no it's next week but they're we're figuring out who the hell are the mystery opponents this week interesting um so i don't know it is what it is we kind of seen all the the iterations of mox versus the elite at this point um but seeing cm punk versus ricky starks and other thing maybe that's a little bit more interesting and it's a lot less like A lot less i don't know what the it's i, I it doesn't like, make my brain hurt <laughs> but that's my thing is that like how long is this novelty gonna last for you after this month how long is the novelty gonna last that they, they've they only run about the same seven people over and over again on these shows like you're, you're there, there's not many combinations of that that you can get it's very clear here mills that there is a line in the sand people want to they within that locker room not just the fans but in the locker room too of who wants to be on what show and I, th- I I think that as you said before, this is the show that that's that's going to be for people who are tired. I'm putting air quotes who are tired of what the elite's doing, and instead of just changing course or breaking them away from each other or trying to, for the love of God, maybe try and make some money and do the actual elite CM Punk view, which which is I swear to you the last and probably the most money they could make out of a program if they actually decide to do that and just just fucking Tony make them do it because you you have them here. That's the only way that it's going to be interesting. I can't see them doing that anytime soon. <laughs> if I'm the elite, I mean, the elite seems like they don't want that to happen. CM Punk is like, whatever. Um, but it's different when you're their aggressor in this kind of thing. <laughs> when you beat up people, you can kind of say like, eh, I'm not really, I'm over it. You know what I'm saying? When you got beat up, you, you kind of like take it a little bit harder. Um, but 
yeah i don't know collision it's a it's a show it, it is what it is um and uh yeah i don't know we'll see how this kind of goes as the months go on it's going to be it's only going to get tougher it literally is only going to get tougher it does not get easier and tony oh, khan does not coming everything is coming bro everything and they just added this little intriguing nba tournament some special episodes rampage gonna be in the dirt because i think they said it's tuesday and fridays i know that for sure but if they gotta do a special friday show for collision it's over it's over yeah or 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 uh midnight for collision i mean come on they're gonna be playing when uh bt uncut comes on like or- <laughs> i gonna still watch baby boy over collision i don't care <laughs> Yeah, like it, it's it's just not and, and 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 again, like the argument was last week. Well, well, everybody knew Saturday was going to be a tough sell. Like, yeah, why the fuck did you do it? That's the worst. That's the that's the worst part about it. That everyone suddenly realizing like it's a Saturday show when those numbers came out last week. Like it's a Saturday show. Like you know, you had to know. It was like yeah, but at the like stand in your shit. You know what I'm saying? Like ultimately, at the end of the day, that's not what you were touting when this show was going live. The last thing on every AEW fan's mind was like, it's on Saturday. They were like, oh, it's going to be the punk show and we're going to see a lot of action here and there and there. It was it was punk coming back. They might pull a mill on Saturday. I said, Nika, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Everything's went downhill since he's called himself one bill, Phil. He's <laughs> <laughs> half a mill, Phil. Listen, I don't blame it on him, though. I don't blame it on him. Is is a for the reasons why it's on saturday it's poorly like we we've seen it all right so we segue this into not totally smackdown but smackdown ratings right so smackdown for the first time hit over three million in viewership in a very very long time and to be honest with you the last number of months it has not just been this week i mean since pretty much the Sami Zayn storyline really got moved into the forefront and the fall of the bloodline kind of thing smackdown has been doing gangbusters because of this number and we had this argument because we were talking about well it's not really an argument but we had this thing because we were reading the observer letter as we as we tend to do um and this conversation surrounding like it's interesting listening to Meltzer kind of like figure out in real time that eight well not figure out but admit in real time that AEW numbers are down and WWE numbers are up, but he's not specifically stating why WWE numbers are down. I mean, AEW numbers are down. He's just saying that realistically, it should be, you know, it, it should be rising all tides, you know, that kind of thing where like um, wrestling is doing better because they're doing better, but it's not. Shitty product. And, Shitty right. product. Why won't people see this? There is nothing or admit like, it. You are getting something very different than what you were getting in AEW on WWE. Whether you like them or not, this isn't tribalism or whatever. You are getting stories, you're getting matches, you're getting established characters, you're getting a lot of superstars on that show. This is a problem that they had. I bring this up a lot of times. They had a real star problem in 2019. They had a real star problem in 2020. They I think the Thunderdome honestly really changed a lot of things i and i and we're gonna go back and people aren't gonna you know believe it but 
I think the Thunderdome did a lot of good for Bailey. It did a lot of good for Drew McIntyre. It did a lot of good for, uh, you know, every, established for Roman. You know, it did a lot of good for all of those people that are on, that, that are on the roster now, especially Seth Rollins, who's who's extremely over now. Like they were ready for these people when this when the crowds got back. And by the time AEW got crowds back or, or whenever whatever they were doing, they were doing the same thing they were doing in 2019 that they're doing right now. They have no established stories that are that compelling. Like, what's a what's a compelling story to you in in uh, in AEW? Is it CM Punk versus Young Dudes? I don't know. There's nothing really. You can't really say there's a compelling story at all. I mean, realistically, people will always point to the kind of stuff that's going with the elite, but I don't even think people are resonating towards that anymore. I think the what's been working in wwe and now they've transitioned it to kind of like raw as you see with the judgment day storylines is that stories are really pushing wrestling and actually quality television like beyond the fact that you're having this action in the ring is really pushing kind of like how things are going and AEW hasn't wisened up to the point to kind of like realize that like there's only so much point you can put on matches right and we see matches till we're blue in the face. And then someone will get sick or injured and something like that, and they'll just replace them in the match instead of, like, figuring out how this affects an actual story. So AEW's priorities are the matches and selling the matches on this show, and that's never been the case. Like, it really hasn't. And they currently, like, even one popular story, I think, would increase their you know, people would be tuning in to kind of see that because now wrestling fans are conditioned to like, okay, what's the next step? They're so conditioned. Like if you look at the rating breakdowns for Friday SmackDown, it goes up during the bloodline segment. And then when the in-ring start stuff starts, it's like, all right, never mind. Um No, it's it's too late. It's too late for that. Because you know why? It's still you're still missing at one point, uh Mills established stars that people care about they don't care about (laughs) can AEW successfully who what's the star that AEW has successfully i mean i guess you can say mjf i thought it was i feel like they had the acclaimed and then they dropped them for ftr i agree i agree in that standpoint i feel like mjf is I feel like the majority of his success was based in spite of AEW at a lot of points, to be honest with you, Um, because he was the hottest thing on. I don't blame AEW for MJF's success, even though he is featured on their show. So I understand that part. But realistically, like he was going to be who he was with or without AEW there. He was going to be the loudmouth person. And that even to the point where his own character created contention between him in terms of like what he felt like he was worth in that company and he stepped away from it. So I feel like when I look at a star that AEW has kind of made that can maybe go like trend, I don't want to say transcend, um, that can reach kind of like superstar status, there's not really, everyone's just kind of wrestlers. That's the like, problem. Yeah. It's like you don't really see you don't really see when you go to a movie, you see these people as characters, but they're also like larger in life representation of things. And I don't really you don't really get that with AEW. It's kind of like their representation of wrestlers. So now you're just looking at people wrestle and that's their occupation. But you don't get lost in the actual television moment in itself. There's very few times where you're like, oh, my God, all this. I don't know. But maybe my brain works differently because people be going nuts all over this shit, <laughs> to be honest with you. Right, I, I mean, look at, yeah, go all, ahead. 
all fifteen hundred people in there be going nuts for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but people like the I don't know. People be going nuts over this thing. I think the currently the one that they got going on is the um, the Eddie Kingston and Moxley thing, which you can listen to Cyrus every week on the War Report to figure out how that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and he's forward of the fashion. Like, like he's been cooking for like the last couple months and now he ha- decides he has a problem with it. So, I mean, this is the age old thing. AEW needs storytellers. I it's WWE's right there. Trying the with Andrade. With who? With Andrade and Malachi with the story of the mass. But it's like, oh, yeah. The thing is, Andre, Andrade really has never talked about the mask. It was kind of random. But I feel like that's also, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to think from the storytellers over there, but I also feel like that's a, that's a Malachi Black thing. Malachi doesn't like having programs for no fucking reason. (laughs) He likes them. If he, the whole, his entire thing has been, he doesn't want to be featured on TV unless it's actually in a prominent role, actually doing something. He doesn't want to be out there just kicking people like the fucking, what's the other, the Dark Order does. And become a bunch of jobbers and sloppy, you know, wrestlers you, and all this other shit. But you really think that's about to be? I'm, I'm not talking about bloodline here. You really think that's about to be better than whatever Seth's doing or whatever Judgment Day starting to do? Well, of course not. Of course nah, not. Nah, but th- I feel like there is a lot more dedicated people towards like the idea of like we're writing this television show and we're making it compelling every week. Whereas I think even in AEW, like there, there is creative, but it's creative from the mind of a wrestler that doesn't necessarily. Um, who may not have the, the 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 background of like okay where does this hit its climax where do we hit our peak where's the you know the, the rising the climax and the resolution like old simple parts of a story like they may lose that part of it you know what I'm saying leading to that match but I don't know we'll see Miro's in a fucking room every week and I'm like bro what are you still doing here you came back like wrestle like you know what I'm saying like it's a now he go where yet? <laughs> Forget you. Um, I want to talk about the LA Knight thing. I want to bring up what Kevin Nash said on his podcast this past week. Um, he actually had a new episode out this week where he, where he continues to talk about it, and he says <laughs> he's been going in on LA Knight. But last week he said uh, about LA Knight, he said, "Am I the only one that sees an absolute rip off of The Rock to the point where he cut the promo on Logan on, on Logan Paul or whatever the fuck his name is? He said, "Yeah, stick it." The only thing he didn't do was turn that motherfucker sideways. <laughs> what does every does everybody have amnesia? There's nothing original. His promos. Finally, LA Knight has come back as a white guy. If you don't put that money in the bank in Paul's hands, so you can say, uh, so you can the rest of the year say, oh fuck yeah, he's the wild card, or will, will Logan Paul be there? If you don't get some mileage out of that, then I don't know about this guy. I don't know about this guy, LA Knight. I don't know him, but I'll tell you one thing. I got a text message from him. I'm gonna read what it says. Hey Nash, I don't I know you don't know me. I got an idea of this character. He's called the Scorpion King. What do you think? This is bullshit, okay? Rock was a Scorpion King. Then he said he's he's in talks with Disney. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Did, did LA Knight really text this nigga? <laughs> I have no idea, but it, it's clear for Kevin Nash. You know what's crazy? You have to be an elite white guy for Kevin Nash to really have respect for you in any sort of the way. <laughs> he is not impressed by the white guys that are just like pushing along and getting through life. All that privileged shit he doesn't give a fuck about. Um, that's so fucking funny. I, I, he's woke, I'll say, in some sense. He's about woke. LA Knight. 
about LA Knight, yes. about LA Knight. In some sense, yes. I think the reason it's working is because he's using a cadence and a tone that is the fans like to hear. That's just how you speak on a mic. I mean, from, from The Rock, I mean, even down to Dusty Rhodes. Like, there's a certain cadence that you hear when LA Knight talks. And I think that when you get to the actual matches, you don't really hear that rabbit response other than, like, Money in the Bank when it, it's, it's something that where Money in the Bank kind of um, it elicits that type of response because you're going up the ladder, right? That like that's where like oh right. you want to see the briefcase that that, uh, that match elicits that. A singles match, I don't know, because I like LA Knight. I think he's cool. I think that he has a presence. I liked him in NXT. I I I've, I've I haven't minded him here. I know that there's a lot of other things going on that have kept other people off TV too. I mean, where's Cameron Grimes? I mean, he, he's he's on again now. He's off again. You know what I'm saying? But there's so much stuff going on as they build up to the next thing right now. But I think that the argument right now is that LA Knight needs to get this. He's being disrespected. All of this stuff. I'm like, let, let me, let's be clear here. He is still not the biggest star on that show. He's on Roman Reigns' show, not LA Knight's show. And I think that's what people need to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> LA Knight, all right, my opinion, on it, I feel like the internet is doing a lot, which is great for LA Knight. But, like, I don't think even long-term it's going to work out for L.A. Knight. I feel like L.A. Knight, despite... We can see the thing... First of all, there was a lot of posts about, like, L.A. Knight. Because I think Kevin Ash said, like, he's never been over anywhere he's been. Like, why why is this, like, the first time I'm really, really hearing about him? And then people showing pictures with the, like, Impact Championship and, like... (laughs) And holding up the million dollar title and like well the thing about the people posting the impact shit is that like they don't remember all the shit that came before that he was booked like absolute shit in impact he was basically a jobber in impact like kevin nash is actually not wrong there and when he finally won the impact championship he lost it like really quickly after that like that he was lost not the austin aries in a four second match exactly like he was not he wasn't over anywhere else because he wasn't over. Like, this is the first time he's ever been over. Like, Kevin Nash is not lying here. And I think that the internet is like, I saw like the fucking Yeah Nation. And I said, yo, we are doing too much. How come Karrion didn't get this? You feel me? 4K game. I'm not 4K game. <laughs> I feel, but I think, you know what? You know what's the crazy part? Let me get into my kind of like rendition on SmackDown, right? So. Shout out to WWE um, for providing tickets for SmackDown. I went with Ugly New York Rob. Shout out to Rob. Amazing um, person to be sitting and talking wrestling with. Um, But I get there pretty... I get there kind of a little bit early, on the early side. Um, Rob's getting... I think he's getting drinks and stuff like that. So we get there. It's 7.43... And they're like, we got a special thing for you coming up on SmackDown. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of neat. So Hit Row comes out, and we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and you know Hit Row is completely not over because they're in MSG, and they do a Knicks thing. And everyone knows sells it because we're like, as bad as the Knicks are, they are still more successful than Hit Row. Like... <laughs> Hit Row's impervious to Knicks, you know, um, hurting the feelings of Knicks fans. And then L.A. Knight's music hit. And everyone 
who was who managed to be sitting down because it was not filled up as of yet because everyone like i said was getting drinks everyone was in the bathroom stuff like that everyone was sick shout out to the you know who everyone else who went to the msg show the rwc who went to the msg show because they also didn't make it because they're out <laughs> i didn't meet up with them but they were out drinking beforehand they were pre-gaming for the show and they didn't make it to see la night and everyone was pissed and you know rightfully so la night is very very hot and he's on the show so in my brain i was like oh they'll probably use this for dot com and sure enough it's on youtube and now i see all these kind of like you know these publications they tracking the number of this is like it's the highest rated non-bloodline segment on uh that's been uploaded to youtube and i'm like who the fuck cares then the judgment day did like two million or some shit like that like the like a day later or something i'm like they always do a million on everything are y'all just not paying attention yeah but at the end of the day it's like i understand that people love la night and people are infatuated with la night but slow it down bro slow it down there's a lot of reasons for why this thing is happening the way it's happening and the mere fact that he even got in front of the crowd at MSG and a lot of people did it. And I mean, a lot of people did it. SmackDown has a bunch of superstars who are just sitting there. We were talking about in the Discord about Bobby Lashley and where the hell Bobby Lashley is. <laughs> That's a whole conversation in itself. But we're going to wait till Bobby Lashley returns or we hear he talks about his contract or some other shit to have that conversation. But he got out there. And I think he wowed the crowd. And I think he continued. I think it continues to emphasize the point. I think WWE in the point also knows what they're doing. Of course they, they do. Yeah. Of, of course like, they do. You make something that hot scarce. Like it's a fucking a rare sneaker. You don't want to overexpose him. Let's just be clear. Like you don't want to overexpose him where he doesn't. He's not going to fit. Like he did not fit on that episode of SmackDown. Because I think they already knew that that first segment was going to go long. And it was going to be a hit. And that's all they needed. They the, all they needed on that SmackDown was that first forty minutes of the show. Honestly, I heard it wasn't supposed to be forty minutes. <laughs> they, they, they niggas knew it was gonna go long though. Niggas knew. No, it was gonna go long. So from what I've heard from rumblings of being in MSG, that first segment was supposed to go twenty five minutes, <laughs> and it went like thirty eight minutes. It went so over. That again, like that's why you saw all the short matches that are happening afterwards, and they kind of had to like make up time during the show. So nothing really got cut, but a lot of things happened quickly. But at the same time, it's like, fine. Who them? Yeah, like <laughs> who fine. I, I was fucking sports entertained. That fucking segment came off really well on TV, but we'll get to that in a in a in a second. But back to LA Knight, I th- I I don't think that. I think Kevin Nash is being a little blunt. Yes, he is being a little blunt. But I also don't think that there's anything he's exactly lying about. Like, I, I think that he is definitely waiting to see LA Knight impress him. And I'm sure that that moment's going to come. But I think that they people need to, like, cool their fucking jets, right? And relax. Re-fucking re- lax. It's he hasn't done anything. He, he really has, hasn't. He hasn't done anything but make you guys happy. Let him build the story. And the thing is about this regime is that they're all about the moments, but they're all about getting you there week to week before you get to the, the major moments. And they've just turned this guy babyface. He's he is firmly a babyface now. 
<laughs> they have just turned baby. But he's still, but he's still beating up Hit Row. Like you understand that, right? Like real, realistically, like he's not to the point. I think everyone wants to push him to the level where he's like people are talking about. He should have won Money in the Bank. People talking about he should be Austin Theory. All this other stuff like that. Like we need to get, we need to get one foot in front of the other. I don't think he should be facing Austin Theory right now because, to be honest with you, I think he's going to lose. <laughs> I really do. I think they're going to maximize on the fevered reaction to um, L.A. Knight mixed with him not have proven himself fully yet and put him in the ring against Austin Theory and Austin Theory will beat him and Austin Theory will get booed and everyone will get happy because everyone will apparently have done their jobs. So I think everyone needs to slow down and everyone needs to like, okay, Let's get it step by step, day by day. We'll make it happen. And if it's meant to be, it will be. But from, you know, with the uh, damn police. Um, the movement coming after you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I think realistically, I want to see him in a actual program. An actual program. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that remains to be seen. But yeah, I don't know. LA Knight. Y'all are doing a lot. It's on y'all more than LA Knight. LA Knight's just doing his job in a sense. But y'all are doing a lot. Now, the moment LA Knight <laughs> um, decides to bank in on himself, then we're going to see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, I got some injury reports. Bray Wyatt still sidelined with the uh, same illness that has kept them out of action since uh, the first quarter of the year. This is according to Fightful. Um, according to their report, WWE has been hesitant to make plans for Wyatt because getting him clear has been a, diff- a more difficult process than expected. It also doesn't help now that Alexa Bliss is now on maternity leave, making any plans for her quite impossible for the time being, regardless of Bray Wyatt's health. So I- I'm guessing that they were going to go ahead and put them back together. And now that got blown up. Uh, NXT, former NXT champion Johnny Gargano has still been out with injury, still not cleared. Uh, his status for, for SummerSlam remains unknown with the status of a possible reunion with Tommaso Ciampa has been uh, has been put on hold for the time being because he's suffering from a reoccurring shoulder, shoulder injury. Uh, and, you know, th- th- he's been factored into certain things on creative, like the, the Cleveland show they did a couple of weeks ago, but he has not been cleared to return to in-ring action. If I had to guess, I think we are going towards the Gargano return before yeah. Wyatt returned. It looks like it looks like that that match that might still be happening or in in some way, shape, or form. Um, not probably not at SummerSlam to be honest with you, but probably sometime on TV. Yeah, I agree. What, what we've seen on Raw, it looks like the seeds are still being planted. So yes, absolutely. So I mean, I I, I think that that report might have been a little smoke but the Bray Wyatt one is still definitely confirmed and I'm starting to feel as though the Bray Wyatt thing might not be (laughs) I'm sick anymore I think it might be (laughs) I'm sick of your creative and (laughs) we're at an impasse at this point which he wouldn't be the only guy to feel that way or it seemingly feel that way so um it's interesting to see yeah there's a but he doesn't really have a place on the fucking show. So it's not really a fault of like, it's a fall of his character. You know what I'm saying? 
you're on a, a show where I guess a majority of the time now is taken up by actual wrestling and then also character development. But you exist in this universe itself where everything has to orbit around you and everything has to stop and you have to spend four weeks coming out and talking about nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't want to see a Bloodline segment and then we go into like a nine-minute Firefly Funhouse segment that takes us nowhere. So it's like... And don't get me wrong, he's uber popular. He's he's insanely popular. He's a he's a force. He is over. Don't get me wrong. It's just he is like we've talked about so many times before an albatross on this show that is it's very hard to book around him. And we talked about it in our you know Discord as well. There are a couple other people who are similar albatrosses. It's just hard to figure them in this show. You have to be kind of like malleable when doing this thing, and then you also have to be kind of. It almost benefits you not being an unstoppable force in this era of WWE, mm-hmm. unless you're Roman. Unless you're Roman. Well, you can't have two unstoppable forces on the show. You know what no, I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like Bray just he just takes up too much of the fucking show. And you know, I, 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 I definitely feel like there some of that might be health related, but some of that also might be we don't know what the fuck to you know is going on at this point with this guy so i don't know um but let's get into the weekly shows real quick i know you talked about your your time at msg i mean i guess let's really talk about that opening segment it opened with the bloodline tribal court part two this time putting roman on the stand uh between the usos uh very long segment i think everyone kind of knows this already on tv meals it took up it was a very long part i don't know if you knew this or you knew this already but like a lot of this was commercial free, and I don't know how they pulled this off on Fox, but a lot of it was free. Well, it was commercial free for me entirely. But, I, so I, I mean, obviously, but like there, there were the only time we had a commercial on TV was was uh, after Roman came out, and then it was yeah. straight through. Because he was standing in the ring for a long time, and we were just we were like, "Do we still put our ones up? Can we put them down?" The most awkward um, part about being live. Yeah. <laughs> commercials um because oscar they had oscar dancing for three minutes before we, she showed back up on television um <laughs> she was doing some shit um, <laughs> three minutes probably don't don't feel like three minutes to them that probably just feels like boop 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 and then nah, yeah it's very very quick it's very very quick none of the breaks lasted that long um and people were just happy to see them this segment i thought went a little long in the tooth to be honest with you i thought as much as great as this is done and as great as the number of this is done, this was kind of like, I feel like if they had taped this, this would be the director's cut version and they would have shortened it somehow <laughs> because there are like times I get Jay Uso looking strong, but like he literally, come, he makes like three comebacks in this entire segment. And I was like, is he down or not? I don't like, think it, I didn't feel like the comebacks were the problem. I felt like they got lost in this in space in the first part of that segment. Uh, Roman saying, "No, I didn't really feel like a court." <laughs> well, there were no chairs, so I automatically knew it was going to be some some a fracas that was going to break out. But um, Usos hood boogery, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they could at least had like folding chairs, but um, and and like one of them picnic table, you know, like the little fold out plastic tables you get from Walmart. Pick out that oh. that. Was- Usos tribal court, <laughs> something um, like that. 
but I, I I felt like I felt like Jay got lost sometimes promo wise. I felt like Roman for the first time. I was shocked. I was like, do they know what they're going to Because I'm waiting for the, the next shoe to drop, and they're just staring at each other. And I felt like they were like, no, you do this next. And I feel like, in in a way, the segment was so long, and they had so many points to hit that they did forget <laughs> where to go. So it, to, to me, it wasn't it wasn't the best promo night for Roman, who is usually really strong. But I feel like the physicality of it was was sound. Um, it came off to me on TV because y'all motherfuckers were so loud. It, that's why it came off so well on TV. Like, they had the... They had the crowd in the palm of their hands, and and, and it really came off as, as as a really hot segment. Um, for the for the full, I guess the rest of the moment that we got was the rest of the twenty five minutes, I guess. Um, so it's 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 pretty confirmed. It's weird that they set up smack, uh, SummerSlam matches, but they haven't announced any yet. But it seems clear that we're gonna we're gonna go after the J Roman thing again with, um, Roman and Solo taking out uh Jimmy. I really like the belt shot with the belt shots to his head. Uh, that was brutal, but I feel like they had the wrong camera angle for that. They actually don't show us it from the front, which which I thought would have been a lot more effective. But um, I really th- thought the last half to me was stronger than the first half. What do you think, Sid? Well, I didn't originally like. I wasn't home at first when I first watched SmackDown, so I was like, "Oh, dang, I missed the segment." I didn't expect the travel court to start off. When I saw it, it was like, I get turned it on finally, and they still beating Jimmy ass. I was like, whoa, this is this is going on for a long time. But I like the segment. Um, Roman Roman really trying to get some acting awards because he was out here crying. And it was just, you know, a good show to me or a good start for the I show. Mean, I- the low blow was very Shakespearean. I thought that was the best camera angle they got all show was was yeah. the camera angle of the low blow. Um, but I felt like I felt like that should have led to whatever the table thing that happened. Like I felt like there was so much in between that low blow. Um, maybe I'm bugging. Maybe I'm remembering this wrong because it again, goes, no, goes, yeah, because they beat up Solo and then uh Solo looks at the lay. Yeah. And he looks at the lay for way too long. Yeah. yeah. The look at the lay should have been 10 seconds tops. The that y'all were already like MSG was already into that. They were already into the lay being on the ground. Like they were already, they were fucking with it. And then they come back and then it gets to the table point. I, th- I think that little one little spot in the inside the ring takes a really long time. And then there's a part where Jay pops back up. And then it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, it's like, you, we get it. We're, Jay looks strong. He's all, he's not ever not looked strong. You know what I mean? Like Jay has always looked strong in the past three years. I think you kind of got that idea, but I thought that I agree. Like if you went from the low blow to the to the outside stuff uh, on the table, then then I, then it probably would have came off a lot better. Um, but I I do. But I mean, look, it 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 had people for the whole forty minutes. Like that is the biggest retention rate that I've ever seen on a wrestling show for a really long time. Like they, they treated that like it was fucking Roman having a match on SmackDown. Like they, yeah. they treated it like a big deal. And you, you, it's hard to, it's hard to say, you know, it's hard to argue numbers here, but it was a success regardless of how we felt about it. Like a lot of people, it really, it really resonated with a lot of people on Friday night. Now, let me tell you what didn't resonate. It was sucked the whole fucking energy out of the room immediately after that segment. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened i i 
down. <laughs> Everybody was like, oh, okay. I mean, my thing was usually for MSG shows, they get a little bit more out, but a lot of these matches we'd seen already. Um, so maybe I'm spoiled. Maybe I'm coming off as a spoiled brat for that, but hey, whatever. Live experience WWE can't be mashed. Um, but I don't think people were until probably around the end of the match. I don't think people were really into this Austin Theory Sheamus match, which is it all you know thing a good match. But yeah, the theory we might have to talk about theory because we're approaching the same kind of thing we were approaching last year with theory. Can, can it's we, like, go can ahead. we talk about him when we get to another match that happened later on the show? Because I want to compare and contrast. Okay. New superstar. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Um, AJ Styles carrying cross. <laughs> it happened. Um, your thoughts, 4K gang? Uh, I mean, listen. They need, they need to remake Gunna Fuck You Me instead of EI. It needs to be Ah! <laughs> <laughs> EI! Don't give me time. Don't give me any time. <laughs> Well, what you want? What do you want me to say? I mean, it it got obviously got cut for time. They they've been the I think AJ has been the biggest proponent of of this bloodline thing. I I I know a lot of people can't wait for Roman to go on vacation. They they are counting the days when they can get their show back because a lot of things are getting cut. I mean, I I think that these two had the potential. I mean, even with what they did in the in the time they had allotted, they, it looked like it was gonna be a good match. But yeah, it was just, super. It was sweet. Yeah, like it, it just got cut down like so, so, so much. And I, I need them to get a, the, the ball on AJ Rowland here and get him factored into something something major. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, Edge eventually shows up because he's on the Grayson Waller effect. And he's talking about Grayson Waller's like, you got an announcement, man. Tell us about your announcement. And Edge is like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? And he's like, you're going to retire. I like this is an edge says like, no, I'm not going to retire, which got to pop out of the crowd. Um, and this leads to a match between Grayson Waller and edge pretty much before Jay Uso comes back out. So it's like the main event of the evening, but it doesn't close the show. Um, I thought it was a very sound match, very good performance by Grayson Waller. This is, they're putting him in the ring with a veteran, um, he swam, apparently. Uh, anytime you're ready, Sid. Well, well, go ahead. Go ahead, Justin. I feel like you're underrating just how really impressive and really dope that moment was for Grayson Waller. Like, I, I, I It think- is, but it happened on the show where a, a, a very stuff. monumental thing happened. And then it also happened after a near cash-in as well. It was a, It was a monumental thing that, like, you you are kind of down like thumbs in the middle going leading down on like like it's yeah because it's yeah i wasn't go ahead but but i mean like i I feel like you're like (laughs) you're you're under you're you're like underrating it when it's actually it's actually a really great match and i think that it showed that edge again can be kind of like that north star to to newer talent but this is grayson waller's first match first match against edge and msg at MSG, he was drafted. Event. He was drafted like in like the supplemental shit, wasn't he? Like like super, or he was last. Or he was some the shit. last. He was the last one. Yeah, he was the last. Like one a Taco Bell commercial. Like it, it, it was it, it. This is actually a big 
bold of confidence. I said this a couple months ago. I said that it is very telling that they took Grayson and 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 they and they're basically they basically say I'm gonna take Grayson before and this is before I I know that Braun had a world title match. I know that that Melo was on Raw. I know this. This is before all those things happened. The vote of confidence that they had in this guy and they continue to have even when he was injured. He was still factored on TV, whether we liked the segments or not. They still wanted people to know and see his face, right? The moment in, in, in Money in the Bank with John Cena, big moment for him. And he, and he swam there too. They are factoring this guy in to, be, to do some big things on this show in a way that they have, they're not doing it for a fucking LA Knight, <laughs> in a way that they're not doing it for Theory, in a way they're not doing it for a lot of people on that show. And I think, and I think that we need to really be paying attention to how well he, he came off there and really got the crowd behind him and, and he reacted like there were so many things he did in that match to show me like wow like he's actually he feels like he belonged there and and i and i, I was super impressed by grayson waller on smackdown but i'm sorry to say it. go ahead i just want to compare you know theory and grayson because i'm starting to believe that uh what theory was to vince is what grayson is to h and I'm starting to think that the ties might be turning and it might be cooked with Theory soon if he doesn't, you know, figure it out because Grayson, that money in the bank, got a reaction, you know, being in the ring with Cena and Cena ain't rip into him like he did with Theory. And then the whole you swam thing. And I was telling a friend because he didn't, he wasn't fond, he didn't like that ending with the you swam. And I'm like, think about what just happened with Cena and Theory months ago and what Theory was said, what was said days ago. <laughs> and now look at what um Edge said to Grayson in a situation where it's like you you're gonna hang in here and it's like what Cena said months ago still is hitting today like piped in sounds nobody really cares what theory so it's like Grayson is like we might have something here for real I'm not I don't know. I guess the match came at a certain time for me where I wasn't really enthralled with a lot of things. I understand the importance it has for Grayson Waller. Um but it just I don't know, the moment because of how the show was kind of structured and sitting there kind of live through it, it didn't necessarily hit the same because of all the happenings of the show that night. Like to be honest with you, the 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 opening segment, I'm not going to say it was I think it was long, and then it also took the crowd out of a lot of the actual show itself. Um, because people were just kind of like waiting for whatever happens next afterwards. So I think it did take it a lot out of the actual show itself, even though, you know, they were hot for certain moments. But realistically, like, I think it did take a lot out of the show. Sitting there for 40 minutes, like, it was and, crazy. And during the Edge match, too, it was like... Michael Cole, I believe it was the edge match. Michael Cole was making the announcement, you know, like Jay was back and he kept hinting and hinting and hinting like he came back too. So it was kind of like, I can get that because even from the perspective of a viewer on TV, it was like they're still talking about, you know, bloodline stuff even through this match. So I can see why, like once somebody kind of hears that Jay is back, they're like, I'm going to stay through this match, but I really don't care for it. Like I'm ready to see what happens with Jay being back in the building. So, What do you guys think of? You mean to tell me people were not over? They they were not hyped for Edge. Is that what you? Oh guys yeah, I, I, I would say they were. that's not that's that's not what I said. Yeah, <laughs> people were hyped for Edge, but I don't think necessarily when the match came on. I mean, he's coming back for the second time in the night. When the match happened, it wasn't actually it wasn't like a match like an Edge versus like 
someone who has been completely established on television. This is still Edge versus Grayson Waller. So the so crowd wasn't necessarily... Yeah, the crowd wasn't necessarily bustling and hustling for this actual match. This is, again, introduction to a very big crowd for the first time. So it didn't have all of that history built into it. It literally had like 25 minutes of history built into it. This guy's annoying. Everyone thinks he's annoying. Edge is going to shut him up. That's kind of it. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be how that match went. I kind of thought it would be either something quick or like Grayson loses by like a disqualification or something. I thought it was going further on. So he had to lose. I'm I'm fine with him losing. Yeah, he loses all he loses all the time. He lost all the time in NXT. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> what did you think about the fake cash-in? <laughs> the cash-in attempt. It heightened the segment that it was attached to. Uh, by Miles, I think. I think that there is some intrigue with EO. I think that there is some intrigue with uh, the Bailey EO connection. I think that Asuka being the champion that is running away from all these people coming at her is a nice uh, program for the summer. I, I think Asuka's plan is super well, too, super cocky, but also shit. Like, we're seeing Asuka as the uh, shit eating heel, like the, 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 the shit heel. Like, and it's something I never thought she would do because she's always been portrayed as so powerful, but it's another wrinkle to her character that I think she's pulling off really well. No, I agree. I agree. I think um, overall, I think, once again, this this entire segment was a sprint. It, like, fits. The entire segment fits in the Twitter video. Like, it's less than two minutes and 20 seconds long. It's literally Asuka comes out before she can really say anything. Bianca comes out. Before Bianca can really get anything out, Charlotte comes out. And then the cash-in attempt happens. And then everyone else kind of gets involved, and that's kind of how the segment was. And, you know, I I mean, I guess people who are watching the show, we got Zelina versus Lacey Evans before the actual show. So... <laughs> We got our, and it was a pretty long match, to be honest with you. It was legitimately like 12 minutes long. So we got our women's fix for the night. So I could, you know, I'm pretty sure people on Twitter were kind of like upset of like, this is kind of like all that you kind of get. But, you know, Roman show, what are you going to do? I'm pretty sure Roman isn't on um, coming up this week. Or maybe he might be. I don't know. They released the schedule? I thought, yeah, they did release a schedule. And I thought that there was only like one SmackDown he wasn't going to be on. And I thought it was like the week before this one or, or two weeks ago. But they it, haven't. It, uh, go ahead. They haven't okay. announced the bar. Yeah. And then there's an there's an episode of SmackDown coming up that's going to be on Fox Sports. So um, maybe that one is the one he won't be on, or maybe he will be on. Um, Jey Uso comes back. He's pretty riled up. <laughs> like <laughs> they took I forgot. Too long. <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn. Okay, all right. And he holds up the. Go ahead. He's not on this week. He's on in Orlando on the 21st. Okay. So, you know, get a week off. Everyone gets their time. Bianca versus Asuka is uh, this week on SmackDown. So I'm sure that will get some sort of time. Um, yeah, Jey Uso comes back. He's uh, defending the right of his role. It's rare to see Roman Reigns two times in the show, especially if we saw him for 40 minutes at the beginning of the show. So he's really working this episode. <laughs> Quote, working. Um, I'm off next yeah. week, so I'll do it one more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, them booze was them booze was hitting too. I said, "Oh, man, y'all are loud in MSG." Was yeah. trying to do the acknowledge me, y'all? I was like, "Oh man." <laughs> <laughs> I 
I still acknowledge him. But um oh, come on, man. <laughs> One's down, man. One's down. Listen, I thought it was very impressive. I thought it was impressive. Being, you know, and then solo, I mean, I don't know. The solo part of this is gonna have to come afterwards. The story is not really focused on solo um right now. Uh but he ends up getting his ass beat in the name of Roman Reigns, and Jay Uso seemingly has his sights on the unified, is it a unified WWE championship? Undisputed. Unified, yeah, whatever. whatever yeah. Um, Raw. We should go to Raw. <laughs> yeah, Raw was, uh, you know, it's a, it's a building episode. I think after last week's really good episode, you, you, you can't expect it two weeks in a row. Um, more about the furthering of the uh, the the storyline between Damien and Finn, uh, the distrust between them and Seth in the middle, kind of playing the Oscar role, but on the baby say, baby face side here. Um, his rematch with Dom, I knew they were going to fucking run it back. I, fu- I was like, there's no way this match happens. <laughs> I would hope so. I mean, I wouldn't have been mad at it, but I'm like, it, it's very... In this Triple H era, I don't think they've run back matches multiple weeks in a row outside I was of the... Like, it was feeling like, 2019. I was yeah. Like, I was like, oh, we getting back to 2019 days. Rematch. <laughs> rematch after rematch. But no, it ends up, they, they, it kicks off the show, right? Or does it kick yeah, off the show? Um, I was watching. I was uncharacteristically watching the home run derby at this point. Um, don't ask why. But yeah, it kicks off the show. Schmaz, um, Sami Zayn and KO run out. We got a six-man tag for the main event of the show. Very easy wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, so, and then that ends up being an argument. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, it is what it is. But are they... So, with this show, I think there was a ton of... I mean, again, we're advancing towards SummerSlam, and I think a lot of programs are advancing towards that. We got the Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark match, which was in jeopardy before the show. People saying that Becky Lynch was not cleared. Apparently, she got cleared a couple hours before the show to actually have this match. Still remains to be seen what was actually stopping her from having this match. Um, But she has a great match with Zoe Stark and a great moment for Zoe Stark, who gets the win over Becky Lynch in a very... It is the opposite of what Grayson Waller did. She actually beat the actual star. Um... (laughs) The, the Zoe Stark Trish Stratus. Why are you comparing those two? Right, um, that was <laughs> like what? Because, because I can't. That, that, that makes no sense. No, I'm not, I'm not. rocking with Who that. Who cares? It's not. It's not. A, it's it's a it's a moot point. It's a, it was just a jab <laughs> for a jab. I don't really care. Um, but Zoe Stark wins the match. She beats Becky Lynch. Big big moment. Um, we still heading towards this. I mean, it's heading Trish Becky. SummerSlam. That's what it feels like. Maybe yeah, sponsored gonna, by Barbie. She's gonna get her mm-hmm. win back. Um, I think there's also like a dual program going with Raquel and Liv and and mm-hmm. Rhea. There, there's a lot of really really kind of interesting stuff going on there with those with those uh with those five women there. Um, I like I like the interplay. I I'm telling you right now, the, uncharacteristic of me, I skipped that tag match. I was like, I can't do it again with with these four. I can't. Oh, Katana and Kaden versus Chelsea. Quick. So you ain't miss much. Yeah, it was it was yeah. super quick. It was like two minutes long. I know, but like I I would love to not see Chelsea and Sonya be the road warriors on the women's tag division. I, I just can't. Hey man, it's just Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Like, come on guys. Oh man, <laughs> well, 
it's just them. I feel I feel justified in in no one agreeing in your opinions on the on those two. So I, I don't have. That's to say fine. Anything. That's fine. I'm I, I stand in my opinions. You know what? I'm a trailblazer in my own right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I does this. Um, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler getting a little brawl. Little, they got a little brawl out. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's just kind of how, I mean, that's how Ronda Rousey feuds are kind of are. You show up, you fight, <laughs> you live to fight another day and you do it again next week. Um, Logan Paul and Ricochet. Hey. <laughs> yeah. They are, this is sink or swim for Ricochet in terms of like, the promo aspect of it. And I think in week one, Logan definitely came off as more comfortable on the mic. I would think, or I think. Okay. I think it's a, I'll say this. Logan was definitely more comfortable on the mic. (laughs) I'll say that he's definitely more comfortable on the mic, but I also think it's easier to be hated when people hate you. I don't know what to say. <laughs> like but it's easier. He's real you're, life heel. You're a flippy guy. You're a flippy guy. It's way easy to get fucking people behind you. And I thought, but that that's it. But you do that when you flip, right? <laughs> oh, the crowd was behind you. Ricochet, though. The they crowd was behind Ricochet. They were very much behind. I thought like him not getting you know certain chants or anything. I mean that Logan Paul chant at the end was a little, and but like. I thought they were fully invested in him. You could tell he's kind of getting more comfortable. He still has to fix his like voice where he kind of feels like he's almost crying. But I think that's probably a nerves thing because I've been like that before. But like I thought the promo was solid. He I said that nigga was ninety percent forehead and he lost. <laughs> yeah, but it's here's the thing. Here's the thing. He bald. Yes, he's bald. <laughs> he's bald. Fuck, what do you want from him? Um, but I also feel like there's a sense of like. You got to really believe what you're actually saying. And I don't think um, it's not that I don't think Ricochet believes all of that, but he's still very much playing the part of like what he's supposed to be on this show. Um, he calls himself Ricochet. He does this all the part. I think he's legitimately playing a part, but I don't think we've got to the I don't think we've gotten his career arc and his development where he gets to a character he actually feels and believes or enough momentum to actually get to that point. He kind of has to like cut a promo every week to kind of figure it out. But realistically, War of Words, this was a sink or swim moment. I think ultimately the entire segment was hinged on the flip outside of the ring um, more than anything. And he landed. The, yeah, I don't think they built up to it as uh, as they probably should. Not as um, much as they did like when he did it with it against Redacted. Well, the camera angle, I think, was yeah, that key. too. The, the camera angle is key. And I think that whoever chose, we're going to get him soaring above it and setting it instead of having it behind Logan and you see him do that. It was more predicated on, I think they wanted to go, have the angle going above the ropes and then zooming into Logan's reaction. And I thought Logan, like, Logan had a great reaction, but I thought Ricochet, like, no one really reacted to that flip. (laughs) He was like, you got to do that to be look cool. And I was like, damn. (laughs) I I thought... I thought um, the context of it worked better in the Velveteen feud than this feud. Right. Yeah, because it's a tiny ass arena. <laughs> like it's a tiny no, 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 no. Not even just because of that. The feud was 
anything you can do, I can do better. Yeah. And Ricochet was like, then do this, motherfucker. And I think that <laughs> should honestly be the basis of this Logan Paul and Ricochet feud because they have a similar kind. I don't think everyone's calling Logan Paul a flippy guy. He's not a flippy guy. It's just he's a guy who can do all this amazing shit. Like, randomly he, athletic for no reason. He's super athletic. Like he can, but he can brawl. He can do anything. Like he's really sound athletically. He's a very athletic guy. Um, but I think there should be a point where, like, anything you can do, I can do better. Maybe there's a competition that they have. Maybe there's some sort of thing. Like, build it up that way so you highlight the strengths of Ricochet, but you also highlight that, yo, Logan Paul's kind of a freak fucking athlete. And maybe you get it that way. But this whole thing, like, I hate this nigga. He can only get viral off of my... He's he trying to live off my clout. You know what I'm saying? Like... I don't think it works exactly the same, and I think it yeah. puts Ricochet in a in a in a weird spot of like maybe he is wanting the clout that Logan Paul has. Yeah. It, looks it, like. it plays in a two different kind of because Logan Paul's thing is the clout thing, but Ricochet's thing is about him calling him unprofessional, and it's like they're on two different kind of. And I was like, word. I was like, you couldn't talk about his shitty drink. You know what I'm saying? That would have been, <laughs> been the first thing I brought up. I was like, nigga, the drink was right there. <laughs> they have time they have four weeks to reconfigure this i think they'll they'll figure it out but i think in terms of a marquee match it's sink or swim for ricochet and i'll be i'll be i'll be watching but i'm gonna lipo until after summer i don't think the in-ring stuff you gotta worry about it's before yeah it's the four yeah weeks. that's why i said that i'm 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 paying attention to the next four weeks yeah 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 for sure um do we want to American Alpha. Good segment. Good segment. Right, listen, take that cap off. Nigga said, wait, what? It, it, <laughs> got, real, it got real 1999 Smackdown on there first. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. And he was like, take that gown off. And I was like, it's getting what? And she did it slow too. I said, ain't no way. You got it. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was saying she was wearing that same outfit that that thick girl from TikTok wore, but she's got like way more body than her. I was like, oh wow, this is an interesting thing. But go ahead. <laughs> I you gotta love when she's cutting the promo over the over the chance and Gable says, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Like he says it really low, but he says, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Like so that she can she she's pause supposed to, for the reaction. Yeah, she's supposed to pause, but it's like you see that moment and Gable to me is probably the best teacher for her um in order to get to where she needs to be. I really can see Maxine like being something in that division uh, in the next couple months. I mean, I, I think that like, unlike like a Lana, I think there's like a natural predilection for people to like her. And, and I think right. it's, it's very different from anybody else on that show where it's just like be, her being with those two lovable goofs is actually getting her over and getting them over too. And I, and I think it's, it's working out for everybody. Even the, when the Vikings came out and took the jacket, I was like, this, this is working. And no offense to Lana, but I feel like Maxine is just like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to say like, I think Lana is a great person, but I feel like Maxine's a more likable person just in general. She seems like someone who doesn't really need wrestling and is just kind of doing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For the love of the game, man. For the love of yeah. the game. She don't need wrestling. She's hot. Like, Bro, what does she her, need to do this for? Her, I thank you. It, it's going to get over. <laughs> it's going, this is Chase U. Um, this is Chase U main roster right here. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, I'm wondering. I'm wondering I'm when it's gonna come in the lab. Listen, 
Rival um, schools. Um, the Drew McIntyre thing, I want to touch on that really quick. I mean, obviously they had like a kind of a quick tag match with uh, Imperium. It's looking like it's looking like uh, it's looking like Giovanni's looking kind of like the weak link. What are we thinking here? Um, I don't know why they did that to that man. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking Ilya. I, I'm thinking I'm thinking Gunther finds a new member. I feel like they shouldn't replace him. Like, how come he doesn't get the he's bald hate neither? What about that? You know what I'm saying? But man, politicking. <laughs> I feel like, but I feel like, not, I, I like Giovanni Vinci. I don't know why they would like do they this like to him. this man. They like him too. I think we got to lipo it. I think he's gonna. I think he is going to. He's going to prove himself very soon. I would hope so. I feel like that would add a little bit more to his character. Just like okay, he might be. He might have to wall out. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, Drew, Drew's hanging out with Riddle and shit like that. I want to. I want to point out that he didn't like that Riddle has a match against Gunther next week. He he explicitly said, maybe you should wait. And I think that there there's seeds being planted here for where and he Drew also was. said he was gonna be out next week. I'm like, you got PTO like that, nigga? Nah, he like, said he's on company business. He company business. Shake hands yeah. and kiss babies, you know. AKA right. I'm filming, AKA I'm filming a movie with Batista next week. So that's that's really fine. weird. Yeah, oh, so. that's fine. Okay. Good for him. Um what else happened? You, what, I want to ask you this guy's question as we lead into this next segment. Okay. What is your Brock Lesnar? Uh, milk dairy products. <laughs> Mine might be running, even though I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I might be with you with that, Mills. I'm, I'm about to do this as soon as we're done with this podcast. I'm already in my head, like, what I'm about to do for running. And I'm Listen, I don't like running unless I'm Chase. That is indeed my Brock Lesnar. I don't know what uh, Cody was on some <laughs> other shit. Political. Cody's getting real polit- political, like from the, the waves and everything. Like he's really That's... getting to the president. Cody campaign Buffalo, New York. I would say stamp it. Stamp <laughs> it. <laughs> they believe uh, the Lex Luger, bro. The Lex Express. We need the Cody yeah. The polls went up in the in the uh, in the in the student loan demographic. Student loans. student loans, man. You haven't had to pay a student loan ever, but you know what? Stamp it, Cody. Stamp it. That's your Brock Lesnar, baby. Sometimes we got Brock Lesnars in our lives and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, again, another situation where they're they're hinting towards SummerSlam matches, but not actually announcing any. I would imagine we're going to get a deluge of SummerSlam matches that are going to be announced next week on both shows. Got to. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I do have a question, right? Sure. Judgment Day will be on NXT this week. Yes. Carmelo Hayes will be involved. I have a very, very kind of like big feeling that someone from NXT might be involved maybe in SummerSlam or am I wilding? I could see it. I think it's a ratings boost again, honestly. I could see it. I mean, Damien has nothing. Damien has nothing going on right now. So, yeah. If, if they wanted to get him a win right now, it would be cool to do a tag match with him and Dom versus Carmelo and Trick or something like that. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking outside the box. Great American Bash is the week before SummerSlam. Yeah, um, I could Melo see will be in a title match though. That's the thing. 
Yeah, but it's a week before. Like it doesn't matter. No, um, I think it's. They said Ilya Braun is the number one contender for that match, right? For really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Carmelo Hayes versus either Ilya or Braun. So, I mean, I could see him after he wins and or loses the match. Um, you know, deciding to come up to the main roster and make it official. Maybe, maybe that's how his call up happens. I I, I know. Hope so, even though I still don't think he's ready, but. Um, lastly, on the SmackDown side or the Raw side here, uh, Miz versus uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Come on now. They went 11 minutes. Come on now. Hardcore Reed, Miz. He do it on his own. Classic, classic Miz. Continuity, continuity editor was working <laughs> on this. Kevin Owens. <laughs> Amen. He mentioned... He said, make sure you mention that we've seen Bronson work with Miz before. And then I said, wow. Right. That hasn't happened since like literally like 2021. 2022. <laughs> well, they brought, they, hey, they still brought it up. It's no, looking, they brought it up. It's looking, it's a good look for Miz, who seems to be getting back on track. I think it's a great first program for, for Champa. I think that you do, I could definitely see. Gargano coming back. But the thing is, the thing about it is, I think I said earlier, I can't see that match being a SummerSlam match. Triple H loves these two. <laughs> and if it's, does. Any, if it's any chance for them to beat uh, Miz's ass, he would want to do it on the biggest stage possible. <laughs> I can definitely <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see how Gargano going to be flipping and flopping this guy, Bronson Reed, all over the goddamn ring. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you know he's going to get his shit in. But, um, you know what, a good a good moment. Miz gets his first win in 2023. Wow. Listen. Yo. Shane McMahon ain't beat him, I'll tell you that. He's um back to back nights on WrestleMania. Making history though. Hey man, listen, sometimes it's about the moments. Mystery. You know what I'm saying? Like the the Hall of Fame video package is gonna be mighty long. Is all I'm saying. Oh God, that's what I'm saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. We uh, missed you missed the moment of three strikes. You're out basketball. That was my favorite moment. That of I pop. Well, I mean, because we because I I skipped the tag match, but I forgot to bring up the segment right before it. But three strikes, you're out basketball. <laughs> I said, or I was like, yeah. Who said <laughs> we? Rios made that one. <laughs> That was that was an amazing segment. Uh I, I I listen, I'm fine with Chelsea and Sonya. I'm just not fine with it being all the teams on the on, on the roster. I'm that's not okay to me. Like I feel like that's that shitty booking that Vince would have did. Like I feel like you need to give them a bigger reason why um why uh Raquel and Liv would want to face them again. Because that that was the program that they were already doing before Liv got injured. So they don't book the tag, the women's tag team division with any actual stories, though. So I'm not I, – I expect literally nothing because literally this is how it's been booked since day one. There hasn't been a notable – outside of um, Bailey and Sasha, there hasn't been a notable story surrounding these women tag team championships. And you know what they should do? They should all walk out. <laughs> <laughs> Hours before the show. Yeah. Hey, man. Walk hey, out. Man. Throw the titles right at Michael P.S. Hey, man. Say Shout out to Naomi. Naomi got a championship match coming up this week. So, Summer anniversary uh, card does look good. I will say which, that. Which, uh, which Dave and Buster's is that at? All right. Come on now. 
Uh, it's at St. Clair's College in Windsor, Ontario. <laughs> is that oh, a community or what, what is that? It just says a college. You know, it says a college. What do they, what do they teach? Culinary arts? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come, come on. on. Come on now. It's right, a, I'm I sure it's... Ask questions. I'm just asking a, questions. I'm sure it's a... It's a a, I'm sure it's a great college. She's facing Deanna Perrazzo. You're right. This card isn't that bad. Look at this. It should be a good card. It should, it's a very good card. I'll let I'm not going to watch it, but I'll, no, I'm yeah, not going to watch I'll let, it. <laughs> I'll let you and Chris Mack tell me it's good. And then I'll say, oh, noted. <laughs> I'll put a thumbs up. Noted. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. But Sid, Sid, I want to thank you for being on the show this week. Thank you so much, brother. And congratulations for you winning the Royal Rumble pool seven months ago when finally being <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I was I didn't want to do it in Kansas and you know where my Wi Fi would have been god awful and so I had to wait for the right moment, but shout out to Kansas, but not really. Nah, wow. I don't. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> make sure you guys tap in to a new episode of Spot Callers where me and Cyrus review Wrestling with Shadows, the Bret Hart documentary. Really, really good stuff. We went over an hour on that on that documentary, and, and uh, we, we try we try and put a put a rest to it, but also kind of educate Cyrus on on the, the screw job and and just the way things were going on at that point, and really get his thoughts about it. It's a really interesting show. If you haven't heard it, check it out on our Patreon. Of course, five dollars down and let you get all of our exclusive shows. Um, you'll also be able to listen to a new episode of the War Report this week as well. With Cyrus and Quan reviewing uh, AEW Dynamite, Summer Collision, Summer Rampage, and NXT. Pray for them. Please pray for them. But uh, yeah, anything else, Mills? Um, nah, three hundred next week. We got three hundred on the damn thing. So you know what? Uh, keep supporting the show, keep sharing the show, and uh, oh, want to give a you know what? Want to give a shout out to uh, not necessarily a shout out, but a get well soon to Logan. Uh, yes. get well soon. F- uh, fan of the show, always weekly. Um, so get well soon, Logan, and uh, yeah. Yeah, we love you. We love you, bro. We love you, Logan. Yeah. Um, three hundred episodes next week. Stay tuned. Stay ready. All right. So we'll see you guys next week for the next chapter of the Bloodline Saga, and also anything else going on in the LA Night Saga and everything going on in wrestling. Uh, for Mills and Sid, I'm Justin. Love you guys. Peace out.